This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research Pod Hub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Sunil Tirumalai, Head of GEM Equity Strategy, and in this episode, we are taking a high-level look at UBS's views on the U.S. economy. I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Pingle, our Chief U.S. Economist. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. All the recent prints on jobs, consumption, and inflation point to a U.S. economy that is not too far from what can be described as hot. In this context, UBS's call on the economy for 2023 is quite different from the general consensus outlook. We are expecting weaker growth, including a recession that lasts eight months. We are talking of a sharp weakening of the labor market, including a negative print on non-farm payrolls. We see inflation prints falling below 2% and the Fed to start cutting rates. And more importantly, we expect all of this to happen in 2023. Jonathan, I would like to break these down and discuss each of these points in detail over the next eight to 10 minutes. So let's start with growth and demand. We've just seen a January retail sales print that is the highest in nearly two years, but you've been worried about the quality of consumption demand overall. Can you walk us through your arguments on how these strong numbers could be masking potential weakness? Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, The January retail sales report rebounded largely in line with our expectations. Um, We also expect that components of consumer spending not well captured in the retail sales report were also strong on a one-month basis, uh, in particular eating out at restaurants because the U.S. winter has been extremely warm, supporting economic activity uh, in January. But take that January increase in retail sales. That left the level of real consumer spending, goods and services, we estimate to be only 1% to 1.5% when annualized above the level uh, in October. And for a three-month annualized change, that is not very strong. It's worrisome. Credit card balances are rising 15% at an annualized rate. Consumers are spending down the savings built up during the pandemic at a rate of roughly $1 trillion annualized each month. They have pushed the saving rate to historic lows because the level of spending has moved so far out of line with income. And even that, with the rapid borrowing and rapid dissaving, Real spending over the last three months is going to be up only about 1.5% annualized. That is weak consumer spending growth for the U.S. The level of spending just looks too high, and these artificial supports are having a hard time generating additional growth on top of that level. And as savings erode and re-leveraging slows, we expect that support for the elevated level of spending uh, to give way to a more serious slow down. So that's interesting on consumption being propped up by depleting savings and credit. We will come back to demand in a bit, but for now, let's move to the labor market. The headline January non-farm payroll number released in early Feb showed a sharp rise to over half a million new hirings, well ahead of what UBS or the street was expecting. Such strong hiring trends by American firms seems out of place in a recessionary year. UBS has argued that this metric can be backward looking and we are projecting a negative hiring print by third quarter of 2023. 
it would be interesting to understand what will take this data from a jumbo job print to a negative number in the next eight months. Yes, we had one of the highest projections on Bloomberg for the employment report, expecting a roughly 300,000 increase in jobs, and even we were surprised at the upside. Now, first, just, just to think about the history, in 1990 and 2001, the two recession years, non-farm payroll employment gains went from very strong negative in only two months. Uh, in 2006 and 2012, which were uh, years with very warm winters, and we've had a very warm winter this year in the U.S., job gains were estimated to be well over 300K in the months of Q1, and they gave way to months under 100K uh, in Q2. So what you see in January is really, you know, it's rarely how the labor market unfolds for the rest of the year. It's also important to recognize that other government data suggests the gains in non-farm payroll employment may have been overstating the labor market's strength. You know, the household survey data in January, it estimated only an 84K increase in employment over the month. And it's averaged about 180K on a similar basis over the last 12 months. So much slower picture than what we see in non-farm payroll employment, as well as other statistics like you know, the business employment dynamics data, the QCW, some of these other measures that are produced by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You know, they suggested that the monthly non-farm payroll employment estimate you know, had been overstating the job gains uh, in, uh, in, in, in 2022. Now, many of these measures only run through part of the year, but the household survey does suggest you know, more meaningful over, overstatement. And the Bureau of Economic Analysis, when it constructs its income estimates, um, it also has estimated that the monthly data has overstated the wage and salary growth based on the data that they've been getting uh, from the tax records. But setting all that aside, what we see unfolding is, is, is really you know, pretty natural if you look back at U.S. history and business cycles. You know, consumer spending to us, it looks set to slow as the savings run down and credit card balances are very unlikely to rise or very unlikely to continue to rise at this pace. Credit card delinquencies are also already running above pre-COVID levels. You know, if consumer spending falters, the business sector already looks cautious. Survey readings on CapEx intentions and hiring plans are very low. If consumer spending, which is two-thirds of final demand, weakens further, you know, we expect the business sector would pull back further too. And given how much catch-up the labor market has done, you know, if consumer spending contracts and then business spending follows, we would expect the labor market uh, to follow too. Okay, I think we are beginning to get a drift of how this movie is likely to play out. So if I next move to the inflation prints, the CPI at over 6% annualized, and core PCE, above comfort levels for the Fed. In your opinion, which parts of the inflation basket could drive the drop in these metrics towards Fed's targeted 2%? Uh, we will see what happens with PCE inflation. Uh, the January gain should be a large level reset and a reset higher. You know, how much follow through there is in the growth rates of prices um, remains uncertain. You know, as it is, core PCE inflation over the final three months of 2022 was running about 3.2% annualized. At least that's what we have to estimate after uh, revisions we expect to be incorporated. 
The FOMC full year 2023 projection is 3.5% on a Q4 over Q4 basis. Um, so they saw a string of prints in the fourth quarter 2022 that saw inflation coming in below their expectations. Now, the nearest-term reset where we expect to, we expect for January will keep them hiking, um, and we expect them to keep hiking through their May meeting and potentially again in June if we don't get the slowing in, in, in inflation in the labor market that we expect. However, further out, we have seen we we've seen a profound slowing in rents in the U.S. And in fact, in data collected on rents in the marketplace, we've been seeing outright declines in several months in the NSA data but well below the pre-COVID pace of rent increases for several months, including January. We also have data in hand pointing to further declines in used car prices, and import prices point to declines in goods prices to come. Supply chains have slackened, um, and several sectors now have elevated uh, inventories. But the rent data we have in hand should show through to the measured inflation data over the next 12 months. And that's not just our estimate. There's a good BLS staff working paper and a Cleveland Fed working paper who also find similar relationships between the data on rents in the marketplace and the CPI measure of rents. Between ongoing goods disinflation and rent disinflation, we expect a pretty meaningful disinflation over the course of 2023, which we expect to continue into 2024. So that brings us to our FOMC outlook, which you briefly alluded to just now. In a decidedly data-dependent regime, we discussed over the last few minutes on how we see the current hot economic prints to cool off significantly over the coming quarters. How do you see the Fed's reaction to these over the next few months, and what are the key milestones we should watch out for to track the progress on our FOMC call? Near term, they are hiking. For them not to hike in June, we need job gains to slow under 200K, probably closer to 100K, and our current inflation forecast suggests a three-month annualized pace of core PCE inflation below 3% that the FOMC would have in hand walking into the June meeting. But at the May meeting, you know, we expect that they would take the funds rate to 5 to 5.25%, and if the data doesn't unfold and doesn't behave as we think it does, you know, it seems pretty likely they would then probably take the rate to five and a quarter to five and a half percent at the June meeting. Uh, but the weakness we expect to unfold in the real economy, you know, we would expect to see consumer spending be more sluggish in the coming months. That followed by taking down business sentiment and turning into then subsequently weaker hiring and rising layoffs. You know, we we expect. You know, any pronounced weakness in the labor market would lead many FOMC participants to reassess whether they had over-tightened, particularly with inflation coming down if the labor market is weak enough, or, or, or say there's a negative payroll print by July or August, something we think is a realistic possibility, you know, we think the FOMC would be cutting as soon as their September meeting. Even in their own projections, the FOMC is cutting 100 basis points in 2024 as core PCE inflation falls from 35 to 2.5%, and that's to prevent the nominal funds rate from becoming increasingly restrictive in real terms. Now, we have that inflation decline in the second half of this year, add on top of that labor market weakness, and if the FOMC was cutting because of inflation was coming down, then they should then they should be cutting because inflation was coming down and the labor market is weak. It is a dual mandate. 
Thank you for visiting UBS Research Pod Hub. That was an overview of our views on the U.S. economy, and we just heard from UBS Chief U.S. Economist, Dr. Jonathan Pingle. And this is your host, Sunil Tirumalai, Head of Gem Equity Strategy, signing off. Tune in again for more investment insights. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.